Alright. Hey. Welcome to episode six of the Barbells and Briefcases podcast. My name is John Miller. Sitting next to me, we have John Fody and Nicholas Saka. How you guys doing today? It's been Good. a minute. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy, Happy Easter, Easter, guys. It's been about a month since our last podcast. We've had a couple uh, events, you know, life happening the last month or so. So we've had to postpone this podcast a couple times, but we're here now. That's all that matters. Yeah. Keep it going. Yep. So uh, today's podcast is a Q&A podcast. Uh, over the last couple of weeks on each of our social medias, we've all posted uh, requests for questions and anything you wanted for us to answer. I uh, want to thank you guys for your feedback. Thanks for your support. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And uh, so we're going to get right into it. Nick, we've got, some, we've got some good questions here. And um, Well, first, I wanted to say, uh, unfortunately, Randall couldn't be here today. He is... Uh, He's at uh, Sold Out Christian Center. He's actually the, the Easter bunny today. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a video of him. To, uh, he's supposed to be sending me this video of him um, exercising in the bunny outfit. We're going to try and post it on the page if he does it. Uh, but <laughs> well, yeah, shout out to Randy. Shout out to Randy. Wish you could be here, bro. That, that would be awesome to see the Easter bunny doing some curls. <laughs> doing, doing squats, sprints. <laughs> so... I think that could go viral if we can get him to do it. So I, I should. <laughs> we you should just. We should just go to the gym with him in the in the, in the, in the, in the <laughs> with like little uh, Easter egg uh, dumbbell weights, <laughs> but some kettlebell Easter eggs. <laughs> right, right. So we got we got a bunch of good questions. Just like the fellas said, thank you, thanks everyone for for submitting these questions to us. Um, we think you guys will like them and find value in them. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and start with the very first question, which is, uh, it's, it's a good question because it's the same reason, uh, it's exactly the same reason why we decided to create this brand. And that question is, why is it so hard for people to balance a healthy lifestyle with everything else going on in your life? Miller. Um, well, the quick and simple, easy answer is uh, priorities. If, if you make your health a priority, you're gonna find a way to make it, to make yourself healthy. You're gonna find things to do. Lots of times when people change their priorities, it's something big happening in their life. It's either, you know, somebody getting, giving like having a baby or seeing their, the health of like their parents deteriorating. That's what I see a lot in like yeah, people like yeah. in their 40s and 50s coming back into the gym is that they see the health and their parents deteriorating and it makes that them, it, it them. wakes them up yeah. to come. Yeah. That's a that's a big thing. If you make something a priority in your life, then you're gonna go to it and you're gonna do it no matter what. A uh, big part of helping you make things a priority is finding something that you like doing. Exactly. In fitness, uh, everybody has different you know strengths, weaknesses, likes, dislikes when it comes to that. Just finding something either that you're good at or finding something that you like doing is probably the most important thing. Whatever, whatever that, whatever can make you sweat. You know, that could be jump rope. It could be running, running. It could be sex. Could be powerlifting. <laughs> you know, we each have our own thing. You know, Nick's brother Adam is a runner. He loves running. You know, he goes and for fun runs the freaking Red Rock Loop. I don't know what kind of psychopath likes doing that for fun, yeah. but. Adam will do that yeah, in two that's, hours. That's some people's escape. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, whatever whatever is your niche, you know, whatever you can see yourself and, and enjoy actually doing that over long, sustainable amounts of time, pick your poison, you know? Yeah. 
even if you like to switch it up, like maybe sometimes I like to do bike or like to run. I mean, yoga. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah. The key. The key is your heart beating. Anything to get raise your heart rate up and make you feel alive. Get those endorphins going, right? Yeah. For for me, you know, like I'm not training for like a show or where yeah, I don't have anything specific that I'm training for. I just I'm just training for for my sanity. For, for, yeah. for looking good naked, yeah. for, <laughs> whereas Miller trains to be strong, and he gets to measure that up against uh, him, his past performances, you know, every single uh, powerlifting competition, whereas me, I'm just measuring it off of, you know, last year, uh, how I looked last year, and trying to look better than that, and for the most part, it's just my sanity, like, if I don't work out, I'm not the yeah. same Nick. Yeah, just the act of going to the gym for you is a release and a stress release and things like that. Of course, that. that's yeah. for me especially. You exactly. Know, it keeps me focused inside and outside the gym, especially when I work, especially when you're having a long day, you know. After you're having a long day, you know, you get all that out of you when you go to the gym, especially at night, but um, it's, it's good to change it up. So. And learning how to say no to people's demands of your time because so many people, you know, even here, we're at my office right now and some of the other agents, uh, in, here after work they, they want to go to Dave and Buster's they want to go have a beer or you know have a drink um, they laugh at me I'm the guy that works out you know like oh you know I brought his gym bag to work it, yeah <laughs> my only lifting will be lifting this beer you know a double fist and you know those are my dumbbells and uh, it's saying no to people you're going to run across people that, that don't I mean I, I know that they want to work out but they just don't make it their priority for whatever and, reason. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing like, wrong with it, absolutely. But like, it's good to have balance, right? Not me. It's good to have balance. I mean, we all agree on that. And, yeah. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, I think we have to discipline ourselves at the end of the day. I mean, if we don't discipline ourselves, we're not going to obtain our goals and we might not live that healthy lifestyle. Yeah, if, if you don't make your health a priority, you're going to end up paying for it later down the line. Exactly. Yeah. And I hear that a lot. I see, you know, a lot of older gentlemen, especially when I go to 24-hour fitness. I mean, that's where I run into a lot of older guys, and I say, you know, where you get all this energy from, blah, blah, blah. I say, you know, I can see it now in the long term when I need to maintain healthy. Then they'll always say to me, you know, I'm glad I'm back in it. You know, I see the, the effect of it, and it's going to make me live much longer. And these guys are maybe 40, 50 years old, so it's good to yeah. see people back in it. And um, I know a lot of our audience... For well, the I'm older than me, <laughs> double my age, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, they're older than me. 40 isn't that old. Come on, no, man. No, I mean, what do you know? You know. I know a lot of our audience is, for the most part, our age, um, millennials, the, that vast majority of it. You know, mm-hmm. So we're all pretty young, and obviously the younger that you can start with these habits, blocking off an hour, hour and a half of your day, just preparing your gym bag the night before you, know, you go wherever you need to go and just saying, you know, uh, for me, it's all about convenience too. The gym, I like the, a gym to be closer to me, uh, and that's what will motivate me to to go. Because obviously, nobody wants to drive all the way home and then twenty minutes to get to the gym, twenty minutes to get back from the gym. Obviously, that's a hassle. But the easier you can make it, the more convenient you can make it. That's that. That's what has worked for me. So, and so we know a lot of a lot of our back to my point is a lot of the, our audience is younger and. You know, just like Fody said, a lot of his, his peers and people that he works with are a little bit older, and um, they wish they were doing this in their 20s. They wish they were building these houses. But it's never too late. That's what we're trying to say. It's never too late, and you can always start now than never. Right. Good tip. Yeah, so so for the most part, yeah, that's it's just a priority. It's I mean, There's always life going on. There's always, always stuff happening. Just make it a priority for you. Uh, so our second question 
is our thoughts on intermittent fasting and this is a good this is a great question um my dad's actually muslim so i learned about like ramadan and you know and that's fasting all day long uh and so that's one way of fasting but it's not really the the, way. the fitness way of, <laughs> of fasting it's a little bit different obviously not for religious purposes but um, this is a good topic because miller's a science kind of nerd and he he knows he's pretty <laughs> pretty pretty knowledgeable <laughs> in this yeah. subject and then we have Fody who's actually been practicing this for about a week or two now yeah so yeah, yeah. what are your guys thoughts um well i'm just curious before i start how, how off or how long do you have to fast for for ramadan I, I believe it's like 30 to 45 days, I yeah, think. I think it's where, where you're not eating while the sun's up or anything, right? Exactly. You can just yeah. drink water? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not even drink water. Oh, not wow. Even water. You wake up. <laughs> yeah, you can chew gum. Like, you can brush your teeth so your breath don't stink. Right. But you're not able to eat or drink water from, from sunrise to sundown. Yeah, exactly. Holy crap. It's pretty crazy. Okay. Well, intermittent, fa- intermittent fasting is a little bit different. Um, there are two basic types of intermittent fasting. Uh, the first type is similar to, to how Nick just posted it as to where you're going, you go a 24-hour period without without eating. So uh, the guy that I know that does it, he eats uh, his last meal on Saturday night at 8 p.m. And he fasts all of Sunday and the next meal he eats won't be until 8 p.m. the next day. So you're basically restricting and having zero calories for a whole day which is a good way for you to help lose weight, especially if you know, you're eating a little more and a little more every day. Uh, the other way that's a little more common is by, by restricting to only eating calories during a certain time period. Uh, the most common way is by not eating breakfast and then eating all your meals between noon and say 8 p.m. So you have this eight hour window where you, you eat your calories for the day and, and then you fast until noon the next day. It's it's a it's and it works as long as you're restricting your calories as you're maintaining a calorie deficit. Like if you just don't eat breakfast but then make up for it in that eight hour period, you you're eating the same amount of calories, so nothing's gonna change. And that's actually the approach I'm using right now. I'm fasting for sixteen hours, so I eat from two p.m. to ten p.m. at night. That's an eight hour period. Then I fast for sixteen. I've been doing it for about two weeks now, seeing some crazy results, believe it or not, because. I'm disciplining my diet and it keeps me from eating sweets late at night and I see the results back in the morning. It makes you just feel a little bit better. Um, I think I'm going to be doing it for about a month or so just to see where it goes, but I'm actually way happy the way things came out. Actually, who inspired me was Terry Crews, the actor. I mean, you've seen this dude. He's a beast. Yeah. So I was like, let me try this out. I want to try something different. I like the challenge. I like to switch up my diet. Yeah. So... It's actually what I've been doing right now. I, I think it also brings up another interesting point, which is the importance or unimportance of breakfast. Because I was reading something the other day where it talked about how all the major studies done over like the last like 50 years that showed why you know eating something first thing in the morning are important and why eating... Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Exactly. What's the most important meal of the day? Breakfast. So we're going to catch 22. All, 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 all those studies are funded by Kellogg. Really? Somebody that has a direct influence in, you know, um, making, eating, eat our shit, you know, meeting, eating, eating breakfast, eating breakfast. Yeah. yeah, and especially eating like a carb dense breakfast because all their breakfast foods are like cereals, like great, and pancakes <laughs> and sugary, sugary cereals yeah. that have a lot of carbs. I didn't in know them. that, really, really. Yeah. Wow. And so, like, uh, 
especially eating a carby breakfast, when you eat carbs, what does it make you do? It makes you want to eat more carbs. When you eat sugar, you want more sugar. It's an addicting thing. But they make it that perception, like, oh, you're going to burn it out through the... Right, yeah, it's your, it's your energy for the day is the carb, is the carbs that you're eating for breakfast. When actually, for breakfast, you're probably better off eating a more, if you are going to eat breakfast, eating a more protein-dense breakfast. Yeah. And the protein yeah, is slower yeah, digesting. Egg whites, turkey and, bacon, and avocado. Exactly. Something... Maybe not turkey bacon. Maybe regular bacon. All right. But that's for, for a fatty <laughs> like me. Uh, but those are the things that like breakfast should be. So that way you're you're balanced for the day, and so you're not eating a bunch of carbs that are going to make you want more and more and more carbs yeah. throughout the day. So, yeah. but back on intermittent fasting, I if you're going to do it, I suggest try it out. Like I said, I'm seeing results. Uh, probably the hardest part of the day for me is probably around 11 to 2 p.m. Those three hours kill me. Like yeah, I gotta like chew gum, like <laughs> sip coffee. on some coffee. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and don't get me wrong, I don't. It's when I wake up, I sip on uh, BCAs. Mm-hmm. That just so keeps me going a little bit, gives you a little bit of energy. But um, that, I think that helps maintain my metabolism. And uh, like I said, maintaining coffee is good because it helps suppress your appetite so, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so yeah. it kind of helps you cheat a little bit, kind of. So to summarize, I guess uh, intermittent fasting is good if you can stick to it and if you discipline, if you're able to use it as a way to reduce your calories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're a busy work workhorse um, and you're you kind of don't eat breakfast anyways, use that to your advantage. Use that as your strategy yeah. because it does mean you eat a bunch of crap. And, yeah. And during those during hours. your open window, yeah. Yeah. Like you want to eat good foods. Like at two p.m., I know I'm gonna eat. I'm like. All right, I'm gonna have some chicken, vegetables. Like I'm gonna eat good right now and get my my uh, calories in. And also no late night snacks. Yeah, yeah, that's what I gotta stay with. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Crews even said something else. I mean, I, I didn't look into it, but about as far as like the your your cells and things like that re regenerating and, and rebuilding itself when your when your body's not you know sitting there looking for something to do because it's not eating you know digesting anything so yeah. it's like what can i do you know so your body is like, yeah like let's start let's start working on the body so yeah, there's exactly. some positive benefits associated with that so that's intermittent fasting uh this is another question uh this is more on the business side what's the hardest part of taking the leap and going into business for yourself i know uh, a lot of people are they might be stuck in a job that they're not fully happy in or they're not feeling like they're fulfilling they're discouraged their, their, their yeah. purpose. Yeah. It's not really purpose-related. You're, you're doing it for a paycheck. You're not doing it because you love it or you see a future in it. Yeah. yeah. And some people, it's a little bit harder to take the risk. You have a family, so you know your window is kind of kind of goes down and down. I mean, obviously, you can make anything happen in this modern world, uh, especially with you know social media and things like that, but... But for the most part, yeah, we do have a window where it's easier to take risks when you, and if you don't have family, don't have kids, don't have a wife, uh, although you still can, it's just a little bit more calculated at that point in time. So, but this is a great question um, because it's, I know it, for the most part- It's actually part, from my girlfriend, Chantel, too. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Shout Chantel. out, Chantel. Good question, Chantel. Who's starting off, Nick? <laughs> yeah, well, me, me and Nick are both, can both uh, speak to this because me and Nick are two people that have made actually pretty big leaps from stable, steady corporate jobs into mm-hmm. not as stable, not as guaranteed work. Yeah. But at the same time, we're more following our dreams. We're, we're definitely a lot happier. So um, Nick, for you, what, what was the scariest part for you about, about leaving your bank job 
You know, it's it's weird. It's like a, it's it's like a, it's when you're stuck in that realm, it's hard to imagine life over the fence or on the other side. It's and it's hard. It's hard to imagine that, but one, it, it's something that hits you. You, if it feels like it's the right decision to make at that point in time. So you sometimes, yes, you do have to jump out of your comfort zone and just do it. Uh, all the stars aren't going to align in order for you to take that risk, but. I would say like at least 75% if it's that gut feeling and uh, and you have a good idea of what it is it is that you want to do then then jump on in. For me uh, I always knew I hated working in corporate. I hated the structure of it. I like having my own my own structure, my own deadlines, <laughs> my own uh, schedule. And so I lost my train of thought. For the scary, the hardest and scariest part is actually even after you take the leap and not having, you know, your health benefits, not having your 401k, having to cash your 401k, literally have all of it uh, in your bank account, all of it in your bank account. You're just like, damn, you know, because you never hear about that. You never hear about cashing out your 401k. They, they don't teach you that. You know, they teach you to save it and to invest save, in save, it save until and you then retire at 80 years old and then you can you can sit on that nest egg. But when you're a hungry person, you can bet on yourself. Like you're, you are your best bet. You know, you can bet on the stock market, you can bet on football teams, basketball teams, but none of that, you don't control that, but you can control yourself. Control you can control your, your mentality. You can control what you do day in and day out. Uh, you can control what time you wake up in the morning. Um, you control that. So if you're confident in yourself and there is something that you slightly like that you can see yourself, just start failing at shit, man. Even if you're doing it on the side, like you really do have, even if you could still work at your at your job or your career and, and do your nine to five, but you still have from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. every single day to work on something else. And you can still get it into the gym too and stay healthy, you know, but you're going to have to sacrifice some things. You're going to have to eat PB&J sandwiches for a little bit. You're going to have to ramen. eat top ramen, hot pockets, and, and kind of hot bite dogs. the bullet. You've you got to be okay with living, you know, with a bunch of roommates like, like I'm doing right now. You know, me, me John, uh, and my brother Adam, you know, we're, we're doing it smart. You know, we, we don't have wife and kids, you know. Obviously, it's a little bit different, like we said, but, but the hardest part... Five, is five minutes later, five minutes later. <laughs> Nick gets answering the question. <laughs> Let me answer this question. Let me answer this question. Listen. The hardest part is when that next that 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 two weeks later, when it's that Friday, and you don't see that paycheck hit your account, that direct deposit, you're like, "Whoo, shit!" Like, <laughs> shit's about to get real. And <laughs> that's the hardest part is is not seeing the money coming in that you're used to making every yeah. other week. That's the toughest so part. If you, but if you can get through that, you I mean, you define, you really identify yourself as a person. You, you find out your character. You find out what you're all about. I think about. at that point in life, you're taking control. You're like, I got this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, because what I was going to say was pretty much almost exactly that, is that the hardest part is not knowing where your next paycheck is coming from and not knowing how much longer you're going to be able to live off, you know, yeah. your, your pension or your 401k right. or whatever. And just... Being almost forced in your mind into that, like that 
mentality where I got to get this shit done because if not, then I'm not eating. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you, and you'll, you'll cut out all the bullshit in your life real quick. If you're going out with your friends drinking, ha, it's not going to be happening. Yeah. Right. Like, you, you'll, you'll identify all your shortcomings real fast and you'll cut that out because, not because you know you want to, but because you have to. Yeah. Make so, shit work because so you, you go have from, to. Yeah. You go from short-term thinking. You know, having a good time with your friends on the weekends to long term thing. Okay, I need to get my priorities straight. You just start saying no a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Start saying no to a lot of obligations of your time to people, uh, so on and so forth. So, and you got to have, you know, for me, I was lucky. I have a significant other that was very understanding during that time. You know, like I I didn't, (laughs) she knew straight up that I wasn't going to be taking, we weren't going to be eating at Cheesecake Factory and, uh, and, and nice places like that. I mean, yeah, that's another <laughs> big thing is being okay eating shit for a little while and just not buying protein, losing your gains, you know? Yeah, just being more smart about everything so that you can be as smart as you can about everything else. Yeah. That actually comes down to one of my favorite quotes, you know, sacrifice now and paying off later. So no that's what it comes down to. Yeah. But make sure... That if you are going to take the leap, make sure it's something that you like and love. Like me, I know I'm a, I'm, I'm a salesman. It's in my fucking DNA, you know. Like so, I knew opening this insurance agency, uh, I was gonna I was gonna thrive in it, you know. And uh, and uh, no, that's I'll save that. I had a thought, but I'm gonna save that for the next subject. <laughs> and, so and for me, it was more the taking the leap was the least scary part about everything because I knew I was leaving something that I wasn't supposed to be leaving for something that I was much much more suited for that I knew that I wasn't going to be loving and when people see me at work that like knew me from banking or knew me from when I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car or anything like that they like the first thing I say is I still can't believe this is my job I still can't believe I'm doing this every day yeah and people pay me to to train them and it's totally it's a blessing. It's, yeah. I'm so thankful and so happy doing what I'm doing right now. I think it's cool because what you're doing, you get to see physically um, and and yeah. see the fruits of your labor. Oh, you yeah. know, off yeah. the lives that you get to change. Whereas, you know, if you're if you're stuck in some corporate cubicle, you know, or you're, you're selling selling <laughs> loans to people and shit like that, it's, yeah, exactly. it's hard to get passionate about things like that. No, it's it's really cool to to work hard with somebody for an extended period of time and to see them like work their ass off and change. Like I have a small, quick story. I have I've been training a buddy of mine for the last five months. Um, when I first started with him, he couldn't bench press ninety five pounds, and his push days, whenever we would do them, he would feel the weakest and hate them. Like he loved leg days because he was a bigger guy, so he was good at leg day, and we could like he gained confidence through his leg days. He bench pressed two hundred five for the first time. Damn, a couple days ago. Really? That's a huge. It, so he put a smile on your face. He was stoked. Like, I was like, bro. Like, the first thing I said to him was, "Guess what? You're within a hundred pounds of me on a lift." <laughs> <laughs> he got off that bench like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. it's a satisfying feeling to, yeah. to know that you're, you, what I'm doing right now is helping people and yeah. making them healthier, and extending their lives, extending their quality of life too. Yeah. So what does it come down to? Doing what you're happy doing. Yeah, make sure it's something. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be like your passion. It doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, like I love this, you know, because you're not going to love it. It's still work at the end of the day, but you don't mind it, you know. You do what makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day. So if you're contemplating taking that leap, 
you know, there are some dues that have to be paid. I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but as long as you know at the end of the day that you're that where you're at isn't where you want to be, actively start searching and try and start failing at things to be able to find that right thing because it's not going to be pretty. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so I won't, I won't get into that story. And then, yeah, real quick, and whatever you do choose to do and it does make you happy, don't forget there's always somebody watching. Somebody might build value from that, and you might inspire somebody else because you're doing happy what you do. So, I mean, that's always something to look at, too. So. Yeah, you really don't know how many people are watching you until you see people in real life. and Like, I see you doing this, that, and that. Yeah, yeah, like, another qual- small quick side is, anytime I see somebody from high school for the first time in, like, five, ten years, the first thing they want to talk to me about is lifting weights. Yeah. And, and hey, man, see, see you've been lifting. You know, I'm trying to get in there, too, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Ty's like, I've been waiting to say this. <laughs> no, I mean, it, nah, it's nah, cool, nah. but, like... Because you love what you do. Yeah, exactly. They And I'm very open about it on social media. Yeah. I post it. And I appreciate being associated with fitness. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad thing at all, and I love that association. Yeah. We'll move on to the next subject here. Uh, and this is something that we can, we can talk to... Uh, uh, with experience, uh, plenty of it, because all th- <laughs> and this qu- I'll just jump into the question. The question is our thoughts on college, and all three of us are alumni over at UNLV. Um, we actually all graduate or yeah graduated uh, with our bachelor's degree in business management, and uh, we didn't need that shit at all to be doing what we're doing. <laughs> Wait a minute. We all have different yeah, we all yeah. have different perspectives on this. Yeah. So. I- I feel like this question is very appropriate. I mean, there's a lot of you know high, kids in high school right now that are going to be graduating in the next two three months. Um, so we thought this was a good question. Yeah, exactly. Because because a lot of parents put pressure on us. You got to go to college. You know, you're a failure unless you oh, go to yeah. college. When I was when I was in high school, like I was non-negotiable for me. Like it wasn't. Are you going to college? Just which college are you going right, to? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and because it worked for them. You know, that was our parents' generation. Yeah. That was. College was was more more necessary uh, back then, but even being here in Vegas too. I mean, it's the easy route not to go to college because you can go be a freaking promoter, or you know, if you're if you're hot, you can go be a a cocktail waitress. (laughs) You know, make six figures, certain bottles. Right, you can get into the hospitality industry without a hospitality degree and be more successful than the hospitality degree uh, (laughs) earners. You know what I mean? So. But we all have we have a different uh, take on this, but we'll just start with Miller's Miller's uh, well, Miller's thoughts on it. Yeah, actually, uh, I always say something similar uh, whenever I see whenever I'm training somebody. I get the chance to train somebody at my gym that's in this like 16 to 18 range and entering that thinking about college range. And the advice that I always end up giving them is pretty simple. It's don't pay for college unless you know exactly what you're gonna do with your degree and you can use that degree to, to make more money than to attain a skill that nobody else has. Uh, degrees in the medical field, degrees in law, degrees in engineering. Optometry. Yeah, like those are skills that you can get that people, that guys like us could, couldn't have without six or seven years of school, right? Mm-hmm. So you can immediately, once you have that degree, turn that into a, a high-paying, like lucrative job. Degrees in management, degrees in marketing, in business, international business, yeah. entrepreneurship. Entre- fin- well, maybe finance is a little bit different. Finance is like a gray account. Area. Yeah, accounting and finance are a little bit grayer. But, but at the same time, you can still have a series license without a finance degree. Yeah. That's true. So 
what I'm saying is, is the, those degrees, those business degrees, you might be better served going out and earning some real world experience in, instead. Because I'm in that time frame you're saying. Is yeah. That, oh, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I went to college going into in the banking industry and I worked part time in the banking industry and was a full time student for four and a half years. When I graduated, nobody in the banking industry cared about my management degree. <laughs> and all my managers were people that had been grinding for four or five years that were, and my, some of them were even younger than me. And because they had been grinding for those four or five years, they, they had the head start in that industry. Whereas me, I, I had to start from the bottom and work my way up from when I graduated. And it made me feel like my degree was pretty worthless for a really okay. long time. So at that point, did it make you feel worthless, or is it now? Does it make you feel worthless? Now it still feels worthless okay. because because you're training here. Yeah, fitness, because but. I mean, I feel like there were very, very few classes that I took in college where I took the things that I learned in that class and, and it. used it in the real world. I understand. And here's my outtake on it. I agree to John to a certain point, but I think college does something totally different to one's well-being. I feel like college gives you that confidence in the real world, whether, you know, intellectual and if you're going through hardships, I mean, it kind of gives you, say you're in front of somebody, you're speaking to somebody, you're presenting yourself to a new job, a new employer, gives you that confidence because you've been through it, you've challenged your mind intellectually. Um, in, in college, like for instance, when I went to UNLV, I worked 35, 40 hours a week and took 15 credits a semester. I felt like I got the education, I pushed my mind in the classroom, but I also got the experience outside of um, the classroom as well by working. And um, I just feel like it just gives you more confidence in life and it disciplines you. Like when you're in college, like you're not used to doing certain subjects, like you're not used to like finance and stuff like that. So it kind of opens your mind and gets your endorphins going. It makes you look at things a little differently. That's why I think college is essential and important, and important especially if you're going to go into business. Um, just kind of, I don't know, that's how I feel. I think college is valuable in the sense that it teaches you how to be an adult and yeah. budget yeah, and yeah. manage your time and budget and manage your money. It's, As opposed to high school when everybody has the same schedule and everybody does things at the same times. Whereas college, you make your own schedule. You know, you could show up to class or not show up to class. Like, <laughs> you could show up on the first day of class, get the syllabus, and only show up on the test days. Um, you know, you could eat whatever you want. You, yeah. you could wear whatever you want in class. Yeah. You can take as many or as little notes as you want. You can chew gum in class. That was huge. <laughs> I was like to wear a hat. Like, I can't wait to wear a hat now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, college is valuable in that respect. It teaches you how it, it teaches you how to be an adult. Responsibility. And, and, yeah, take responsibility for your own shit. Yeah. And also, I think it makes you do things that you don't want to do. I mean, I understand that you might not use them in, in the real world. But, like I said, it opens your mind to different aspects of life and... But you don't feel like you could have gone in at 18, 19 years old and gone to, to Planet Nissan and been just as good or close to as yeah. good as a salesman. <laughs> you would have been, yeah. I honestly think my confidence wouldn't have been as there. Like, you, so it would have taken you a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could still harness that. I'm the, just, I personally, I felt like it didn't be good. I, that's yeah. how I feel. Everybody, John yeah, feels college, different. Yeah. How do you feel, Nick? Yeah, my take on college, which I think it was, I think... For what I'm doing now, uh, it was it was a huge waste of time. Um, <laughs> like it, I wasted money. I wasted time that I I, I could have been even younger, 
a even younger entrepreneur if I had just trialed and aired my way through it. Yeah. But I wanted to, you know, I have um, uh, parents that are from different countries, and so I wanted to please them, especially my dad, because it was like, you have to go to college, you know. <laughs> Anybody have, like, you know, immigrant parents or, you know, it's, it's, it's a pressure that they put on you. But my thought process on college is a little bit different. I got to meet and and I, I'm still connected to a lot of these people uh, a lot of your uh, I got to meet and network with a lot of peers that I still consider great friends today yeah um, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a social butterfly you know what I mean like I, I will actually you know engage and talk with people and and I, I still have a lot of those relationships today some of those people are even still listening to this podcast they support me in what i'm doing they uh and and they and everyone every one of us just support supports each other in what we do i mean i have a friend that's a that's an eye doctor that's pretty cool um i have another friend that's a financial uh financial analyst you know and it's, it's like you meet a whole new class of people uh, and these people are probably better than the people that you're hanging you're around with in high school. Yeah, that mindset. Like, they're actually trying to get somewhere in life. So you're, yeah, you're associating yourself yeah, they're with motivated. like-minded people. They're motivated. They're people that want more out of, you know, life in a sense, you know. And so that's what I like. What I value the most about college is that I got to network and meet way more people than I would have uh, otherwise. And so that's my take so on So go college. to college or don't go to college. Um, it depends on the person. It yeah, depends yeah. on what you're gonna, what you, how you're gonna use it to get out of it. Like me, I stayed at. I just don't go into debt for college, especially if you're going for like a business degree. Like that's why it took me seven and a half years because I wanted to pay off. I wanted to pay as I went. You know, like yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm not taking out no damn student loan right. going into debt because I'm smart and like I just know for a, it doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to realize what's happening in the world, especially all of us. You know, in 07, 08 when when shit started yeah. going sideways. He's like, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna put myself into any further debt just to get this degree. Yeah. I don't go into debt unless you're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer. So what do you? Unless you have kid, an end in mind. Now say you know three months high school graduation. There's, I'm sure there's going through these high school seniors' mind right now. Like, what are we gonna do? What am I gonna do? What do you? What do you say? What do you? Recommend? I would say, figure out what you see yourself doing. Figure out what you can see yourself love doing, and let every decision after that follow that that mindset it's kind of hard when you're a young buck yeah. though and, oh yeah, yeah. When, that's what I'm saying. I, I went into college as a journalism major I wanted to be a sports writer I wanted to be on PTI and after a year or two I pivoted into business because in my mind I was going to help my dad run his business and I just wanted to get my degree here's the here's the beauty about college though if you do decide to go that four-year degree the first two years are prereqs so you have an opportunity to change your curriculum yeah, exactly. yeah you learn about dissecting fucking owls and, <laughs> and parallelograms and stupid horse shit yeah. <laughs> so you got time to stop well, that's why i say don't don't pay for it unless you know what you yeah, do with yeah. degree. begin with the end in mind just yeah, like anything exactly you know so so that's our thoughts on college you know pretty diverse perspectives me i am all about networking and relationships and so I think that that was the, the most valuable piece uh, as far as my college career was. It had nothing to do with what was learned in the classroom. I mean, yeah, you learn a little bit you know, a little bit about management and how to treat people and things like that, but you can learn that in the fucking real world. Yeah, there's nothing period. like experience, period. Yeah, so, I mean, and with this new, you know, entrepreneurial revolution, you know, like, I mean... You can Google or YouTube or any how to do a anything. lot of things. Yeah. Like, you could get... Anything. You could learn how to how to be a programmer through the internet 
probably just as well as going to almost any straight up like, school. Straight and they're showing you actually hands-on exactly. how to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can save a lot of time and a lot of money by doing it yourself if you're that motivated individual. You know, you can work at, you know, Wendy's and, and study. But <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you're motivated to go to college and you say, I'm going to go kill it, and you, you can actually have that same mentality going into the real world, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... Hey, but you know what? But if your parents are filthy rich and they're going to pay for it anyways, do what you want to do, you know, whatever. Get more, degrees. more power to you, you know. Um, so that's our take on college. This is another question. This is one's more geared towards uh, sales. Um, and that question is, what's your sales, ex- what's, what's all of our combined sales experience? Uh, and what's one key that we all believe is critical to success in sales? So if you're in sales, then man, this is a good question for you. Um, I'll start with uh, Randall's experience. Randall couldn't be here today, but Randall has seven years uh, uh, sales experience. For retail? In, in retail, yeah. yeah. And let me, uh, let me uh, go ahead, and Miller, go ahead and uh, talk about your, uh, how, how much experience do you have? How many years? Um, I was in banking for a total of probably nine and a half, ten years. Uh, probably six or seven of those were sales. Uh, I was doing sales, and for two years I was working for Enterprise Rent a Car in their management that, training that's program, sales. and that's all sales. So how many years? So I don't know how much is that. Ten. ten about, about ten years. Fody, how many years sales experience do you have? I'm uh, going on over four years now. Four years. Four years. Um, so so ten plus four. Randall says he has seven. That's twenty-one years. You need um, a calculator for that. Yeah, let me lay out. You don't need college, ladies right, and gentlemen. So, John, what was? I'm going to talk about sales because that's my everyday thing. But, John, what do you feel like is the most important advice for somebody who is doing sales? Um, and John is, is the least salesperson uh, out of this whole. He group. he hates the conflict. That's, that's <laughs> no, it's it's not about conflict. It's just uh, I always considered myself an average salesperson and. I just, I was never, felt like I was that good or like more successful than others. What does it take to be good at sales that you see? Um, the best uh, in working with people that were really good at sales, they were always the most internally driven. They always had a reason for being as, I don't want to say as pushy, but as driven, driven yeah. to, to ask everybody the same question and to keep powering through no. Consistency. Yeah. yeah. They, they were the most driven people. And the other most important thing is knowing your audience, listening to people, and getting people to like you. Yeah, absolutely. That's Miller's key. Let me talk about Randall's key real quick. Rand, Randall's, Randall's key to uh, sales success is Randall is more, more focused and geared towards customer service. You don't really need to focus on the money when the customer is always taken care of. <laughs> taken care of and I like that because you want to focus more on what you're doing the value that you're providing someone more than the price um, and and then it becomes more word of mouth you know you can create a connection one connection and deepen that connection and you're gonna get a lot more sales from that so I loved what Randall had to say about uh, about his key in sales success Uh, what I'll touch on I mean I mean selling cars I mean that's number one is you know um, building rapport, like Randall said, is with your customer. You make a friend, they'll buy from you. If you love what you do, number two, and you know your product and you believe in your product. To drink the Kool-Aid. You, I mean, yeah, I, you have to. Like, you have to, like, yeah. believe it. Like, Nissan, I 
110%, Nissan's the best, one of the best products on the road for the value of the price of the vehicle and, you know, long-term, long-term jeopardy. So, um, first off, definitely build rapport with your customer, make a friend. If, you're not, if they don't like you, they're not going to so buy believe in, believe in your product and make a friend. Exactly. And then attitude. Every day is a new grind, especially for you, Nick. And even John has to have a good attitude in training and his clients and stuff yeah. like that. You have to have a good attitude. I mean, anything you do. You could have some dry spills where, yeah, where things but, aren't going your and, way in sales, but, but you've got to have that yeah, mindset, abundance mindset. Don't think that there's not enough on the table for everyone because there's always enough. Yeah, there's always enough piece of the pie where you can take and to make something good out of it. And um, like I said, make a friend, um, build rapport. And I believe if you're like upfront sales, the first 10, 20 seconds, the meet and greet or whoever you're speaking to is sets the tone for the whole sale. So make sure um, you have a smile on and you're positive and they feel your energy. It's all about vibes and make sure, um, you know, you keep consistency. That's the whole part of it. Okay. Consistency. My my uh, my major key to success, I mean, is or to success in sales, um, and I have uh, I have upwards of about nine years worth of sales experience, um, and so oh, that's, <laughs> I know shit, but that's uh, that's combined all of us about thirty years in sales experience. Jeez Louise, that's a lot of sales experience. So, uh, but my my key to success in sales has been and will always be relationships. I'm just relationship driven, man. Like even when I don't know my product so well and I start in something new, like when I went from consumer banking to business banking, I didn't know my product. But what I do know is people yeah. and people want to talk about themselves, you know, and being in a business banker, I just got to learn about people like, yo, why did you start that business? Like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about, you know, your, your, your daughter, Sally in soccer practice, you know, and, and just really deepen that relationship. Oh my goodness! The, you know they, they want to do business with you just because you actually care about their life and you're interested in their life. Um, and me, I'm always a, I'm, I'm a type of person that I feel like I can learn anything from anyone. It doesn't matter if you're homeless on the side of the street. You know you probably have a story that can help me in some way. So I'm always trying to build and deepen that relationship. Um, and I'm still learning that. I'm still like it's no difference to what I'm doing right now as a business owner. It's still relationships, man. Like this is really, you know, <laughs> carried me and my business. And if you so go into a different industry, you carry that with you, like Nick did. You took some of your yeah. banking. Oh yeah. Just oh yeah. Into yeah. If you treat people right, don't think just because you're in, uh, just because you're selling uh, cars at CarMax doesn't mean that the people that you're working with and the customers that you have there won't transfer into what you're doing at the next next stage of your life. Because I've taken so, I've, I've built so many relationships in every area I've been in. And now that I'm in the insurance industry, a lot of those people are reaching out to me for that. So don't don't treat people shitty just because you think, ha fuck this job, you know, I'm out. Next year I'm out, you know, and I don't gotta fuck with any of y'all, you know, like, like it's not like that. Keep in water and, and maintain those relationships and give a shit about people, fucking yeah, care. You have to care. If you don't care, nothing else matters. And the last thing we're gonna touch is short and sweet, you have to be a good listener, period. Yeah. If you're not a good listener, you understand people's wants and needs, you'll never be successful. So what we got next, Nick? Give a shit. Give a shit about people. Uh, so we are up, we are uh, running out of time here, so we'll make these last too quick. Um, one of this, this question is uh, more fitness related, and so I'll leave John. it to John to answer real quick. Um, what do I do when I stop seeing results despite the work I'm putting in? 
and I think we can all relate to this. We all hit yeah. plateaus. We all hit like, why aren't I? I mean, damn, I'm working out every day. And yeah, um, when you hit plateaus, the the biggest thing is to look at everything that you're doing, uh, try and keep things as simple as possible, and make one or two small changes, uh, and see if those work. Like if if you're trying to lose weight and you know, you've been doing the same workout every time and you've been eating the same amount every time. Make one little change to your diet, maybe increase your activity level with your workouts and, and go from there and see what changes and what doesn't change and go from there. Um, the other big thing with, with busting through plateaus is continually pushing yourself. Don't be, use the same weights, don't use the same routine, don't do the same yeah, thing every change single time. It up. Change things up. You know, work out with someone new. Yeah, they'll show you some different stuff. And yeah. Then, yeah. There's, there's lots of different ways to bust through plateaus, but and what if, about diets? But That's if you, important. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, if you wanna, if you're having a plateau in your diet, you know, cut out sugars, cut out carbs, cut out, you know, one small thing out of your one of your little vices out of your diet for a little bit and see if that makes a difference. You know, everybody's got little vices or little things that they cheat on from time to time. You know, cut that out for a small time. See if that makes a difference. Yep. Uh, so we'll, we'll jump on to our last question, um, which is a pretty good question because it's, it's more, it's not tailored to, uh, to fitness or business, but more tailored to our brand specifically. Um, that question is, what's our vision for barbells and briefcases? I think your vision is, is always changing. You're always, you know, it's, it, it can... As you d deeper dive into what you're doing, you find out more and more what you what you want to do. But I would say our our vision is pretty simple with barbells and briefcases. We just want to help people. I mean, it, that's help people and build a community based around this. Because one thing one thing that one thing that stands out for me while since while growing this brand and and coming out with the content and coming out with the things that we've come out with. The most important thing to me is getting those messages and I screenshot them every time I get them, which is somebody saying, hey man, you know, your podcast was very encouraging. I was going through some tough times and, and it really helped me. Or, oh, I love what you guys are doing over there. You know, it's, it's I got to get into the gym, you know, and, and we've motivated or inspired one person at a time, at a time to, to go to work harder at what they're doing, to, to find out what they're passionate about in life or to just get in better shape and to get to get more healthy uh, and things like that so our biggest thing is just helping people I mean it's a real simple goal that we have in mind which is just help as many people as possible I'd like to help a million people um, get in better shape and 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 just have a more happier and successful outlook on life and what they're doing um, and you know as you can as you can tell like we, we're not really doing this for for, for money per se sure. um, <laughs> we, we do this we do this podcast, you know, we're not charging for this podcast. I mean, the only thing we, we, we might ask you to do is buy a t-shirt when we come out with new releases. Uh, that's about it. I mean, but we only just want, we want to continue building this community of fitness and business, uh, fitness and business related uh, uh, people and people that are like-minded and enjoy the same uh, same type of stuff that, that, that we enjoy. And well, that's, about, that's about what it comes down to. Um, we will continue to come out with podcasts. We will get other people. Uh, we keep saying it, <laughs> but, it but, but it's coming very soon. Where we're going to have some special guests on the show uh, talking about their success and, and their their life experiences and things like that. But 
to sum it down, let me bring it all back together. Our main goal for Barbells and Briefcases is to help people. If we help inspire and motivate one, one extra person, um, then our, then our, uh, our job's done. So, Well said, Nikki. Uh, if that, that's all the questions that we have we actually did get a bunch of other really good questions we had to narrow this down to this um, we might make a part two and hopefully Randall can actually be uh, on that podcast as well um, so be on the lookout for that we'll let you know when that comes out let us know what your thoughts were if you if you if you took value from this um, like I said, we love. Let us know, like we love those messages, man. It like, inspires if, us personally. If, yeah, if you really reach does. out and say, and, and you know, just uh, we, you know, we've been getting, uh, we've been, tr- you know, tracking the views and the listens on the podcast, and we're like happy that you know, <laughs> we're surprised where we're hearing some of the listeners. John, where are from. we get a couple from? Oh, we from all like, over the place. We got listens from from our our brothers in Kuwait and Jordan, yeah. and uh, we got a couple listens in the UK. Who's in the UK? I don't know. Wasn't there someone in the Philippines too or something yeah, like that? Yeah, got a couple of in the Philippines. I mean, Worldwide, it, baby. We're it, here. It's really cool to know that people are paying attention yeah. to it. You New know. York, San Diego, yeah. our hometowns. Um, Thank you, guys. It means a lot to us. Uh, we're going to keep building value and bringing you, you know, good content. Yeah, that's that's our goal. And so we're going to come out with a part two Q&A. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Like I said, uh, we are coming out with some new t-shirts here soon um once they come out you guys will know we'll be blasting all over the place uh and we appreciate your support yeah we think we think especially though uh this this tea that we have uh coming out soon we think especially those that are um involved with the military and that have served our country uh will will find a very special place for for, uh, will feel a special type of way about this new tea that we have coming out so we appreciate you guys your service um and uh, I think that's it, unless you guys have anything else to add, man. Uh, that being said, uh, give us a, a like, a follow, a subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to our podcast through. Follow us on Instagram. At Shout Barbells, us out. Shout at us Barbells out. and Briefcases. Slide up in those DMs. Tell us what you think about our podcast. Tell us what, if you have an idea for a future podcast, let us know. Yeah, and, sh- and share it. We would if you if you found value in this, share it with one one other person. Post it on your social media. Say, hey, you know, this is a, a pretty cool podcast I've been listening to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we would appreciate that too. That being said, I think we out. Thank you guys. Thank Talk you guys, everybody. See you soon. We appreciate you. Thank you.